0: Got uh, sermon notes when you came in through the front doors this morning. We've been on this sermon theme called "Light Breaks Through," and we started out this this theme with hope for a savior, uh, hope for people living in darkness. And we we talked a lot about this word hope uh, because in Old Testament times. When God's people were hauled away as slaves to foreign lands, they were hopeless. They were helpless. They were looking and hoping and and praying for a deliverer. And God God began promising to them that a savior, a deliverer was coming, a great leader, someone who would save them. Now, there were good news and, and bad news to these, word, these promises for a Savior. Uh, the good news is that, that God said he was coming. A Savior was coming. The bad news is that God didn't give a time frame. And, and that prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Micah began prophesying that the Savior was coming. And, and it was actually, it turned out that, that it was hundreds of years after those prophets lived. And, and I said back um, uh, back then when we had this first teaching that, that the Old Testament Israelites sometimes had uh, all they had left was hope. They had God's promises. All they had left was hope. I said that uh, Old Testament Israelites were a lot like Philadelphia sports fans today because uh, sometimes all we have as Philadelphia sports fans is hope. Know, we we get through one season after another and then we look forward and say, "Well, another season's coming, maybe next year, and then maybe next year, and then maybe next year. I don't know if there's any Eagles fans here today or not, but uh, yeah, some of you don't care about football and and couldn't care less and and some of you do uh, sounds like it anyway, and sometimes all we have is hope and and uh of course uh, uh, some of the things that happened this this past week uh, we we're, we're we're still hopeful, right. So so God's plan was hope for a savior and he promised that a savior was coming. And then uh, Sunday number 2 was light breaks through with the birth of a of a savior. If you read your Bibles turn to Isaiah chapter 9 this morning. And and the the key verse for that Sunday was, For it to us a child is born, to us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. And, and God is zealous. God is passionate about bringing people into his kingdom. And then last Sunday we had light is breaking through. Light is breaking through. Even when our world seems to be get, getting Darker. Even when the darkness of sin, the darkness of violence, the darkness of terrorism, the darkness of of immorality seems to be getting darker and darker in our world, at the same time, the light of Jesus just keeps shining brighter and brighter. And and Jesus' kingdom has been growing and expanding for 2,000 years, has been growing and expanding. And we looked at scriptures last week that said that that prophesied that the kingdom of God would grow to fill up the whole earth. His kingdom wouldn't grow by political force. It wouldn't grow by military might. But Jesus' kingdom grows by one person at a time. One person at a time. Jesus' kingdom grows one family at a time who choose to believe in Jesus and become his followers. And so our our key scripture through all these... Uh, Times had ha, teachings has been Isaiah 9:2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has light shone. And, and we just emphasize again and again: this light that the Bible talks about is Jesus. Jesus is the great light. And that God's plan is light breaking through is Jesus. Jesus' light breaking through into our world. Light is breaking through as Jesus' kingdom expands. And so finally today, uh, the last, the fourth uh, teaching of this series is that light will break through. And it's sort of a play on words because we've said light's going to break through and then light is breaking through and now light will break through. What does, what does that mean? I wonder if you've ever noticed that god's timing isn't exactly like our timing. you ever notice that like god's timing isn't the way we want things to go and the way we want things to to work necessarily we we might pray for something we might pray about something and we want to see the results now. We want to see change now and it takes a while for us to realize that God doesn't exist in our framework of time. And God doesn't necessarily answer our prayers in the same framework of time that we expect. And sometimes we see the results or the answers to our prayers, maybe it's days, maybe it's months, maybe it's years, five years, ten years, or longer. I'm old enough now to be able to see the answers to prayers that were prayed 10, 20, 30 years ago, that people prayed. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are examples that you have of, of prayers that were prayed a long time ago, that you're starting to see the answers to those prayers today because God had promised to the Israelites the Savior, the birth of Jesus, their Messiah, their Deliverer. And, and it was Micah, it was Isaiah, it was Jeremiah. And Micah and Isaiah had prophesied 700 years, 700 years before Jesus was born. Jeremiah lived and prophesied 600 years before Jesus was born. And obviously, Micah and Isaiah and Jeremiah weren't around when Jesus was born. They, they didn't live that long to see their prophecies come to pass. And so the Israelites were waiting and praying and hoping and believing for Jesus to be born. Some of them hoping and praying far into the future, never knowing when God's prophecies were going to come to pass. But always believing in God, always believing in his promises, always believing that God doesn't fail and that God's promises don't fail. Because, you know, God's promises for you, God's promises for us are always true. They always come to pass. They never fail. They're always true. God can always be counted on. You know, unlike so many things in our lives today that we can't count on, people may sell you a product and say it's guaranteed. Well, is it really? Can I really count on it? Can I really? Uh, You know, sporting events, you know, you might hear predictions before the game. I guarantee this team is going to win. Eh, I don't know. They may win. They may not win. I'm not sure. There are no guarantees. There are a lot of things in life in which there there are no guarantees. I don't know if you saw this uh, uh, little YouTube video clip of a football team football game that happened November 10th, uh, just last month, November 10th, 2017 in Minnesota. Uh, high school football teams were playing each other. It was the Maple Grove team playing the St. Michael football team. And, and um, the St. Michael team was ahead, way ahead. They thought they had the game wrapped up and finished and, and thought they were guaranteed to win. And it was getting down to almost the last minute of the game. It was the fourth quarter. A minute, five left, and Maple Grove was down by a score 27 to 10. 27 to 10, one minute and five seconds left. Maple Grove has the ball. And you can see this on on YouTube if you care about football. Some of you do, some of you don't. That's all right. But it's about guarantees. Maple Grove has the ball. One minute, five seconds left. Scores 27 to 10. Maple Grove, long pass down the field. Touchdown, one play score is now 27-17. Oh, oh okay. Well, that's still 10 points. It's really hard to score 10 more points in less than a minute, right? 59 seconds left. Onside's kick. Recovered by Maple Grove. Oh. Wonder what's going to happen now. (coughs) Long pass down the field. Touchdown. 40 seconds, 47 seconds left in the game. The score is now 27-24. Forty-six seconds left. Another onside kick. Again recovered by Maple Grove. 16 seconds left in the game. Long pass down the field. Caught and tackled on the one-yard line. 16 seconds left. Now the clock has has ticked down. That was a running play. Seconds, seven seconds left in the game. One yard running play, touchdown. Four seconds left. The score is now 27 to 31. In a minute and five seconds, they scored three touchdowns and won the game. St. Michael's thought they had the game wrapped up. They thought they were guaranteed to win, but no, they weren't. And and a lot of things in life are not guaranteed, but God and his promises are always guaranteed. God's truth is always reliable. God can always be counted on to keep his word. No guarantees in, in this life except what God says and who he is. God is truth. That is part of his character. His character cannot change. His character is what it is. It cannot change. He is truth. That is who he is. He cannot lie. God's promises always come true. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. Jesus was born six and 700 years after the prophecies. But it was just the right time. It was just the time that God had chosen for him to be born. God is always right on time. He's never early. He's never late. He's exactly on time for his purposes to come to pass. So in the same way that God promised the birth of Jesus, so we also have God's promises that Jesus is going to come again. He's going to return a second time here on earth in the future. So, Advent. We lit the Advent candles this morning. Advent and Christmas time isn't just about the past, but Advent is also looking forward to the future. It's about the present. It's looking forward to the future, because what does God promise in the future? What does God say? What does the Bible say that is coming next? And so, if you're looking your uh, sermon notes, uh, number one is how will Jesus? return. How will Jesus return? Mark chapter 13, Jesus says, in the, in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will be falling from heaven, the powers in the heavens will be shaken, and then they, people, humankind, will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, and he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the Four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heaven. So Jesus will return to this earth physically in the future with great power and great glory. Because as Jesus came the first time as a weak baby, a weak infant, he comes the second time as great and glorious and reigning King of kings, Lord of lords. Matthew 24 Jesus said as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west so will be the coming of the son of man and Revelation 1 behold he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him even those who pierced him and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him so Jesus second coming Unlike his first, Jesus' second coming will be completely visible and obvious to every person worldwide. Some of you scientific types are sitting there thinking that was fine when they thought the earth was flat. But, but you know, the, the planet is round and how on earth will everyone see him? I don't know. But God knows that every person will see the return of Jesus. As Jesus came the first time in obscurity, Acknowledged by only a few shepherds and wise men. He comes the second time seen by every person on the planet. Acts chapter 1. This is the time where Jesus ascended to heaven, and they were gazing into heaven as he went. Behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him Go into heaven. So how will Jesus return? Jesus will return by descending physically from the sky just in the same way that he left the earth. Now, the question that many people have debated and written and and asked over the centuries is, when, when, when will Jesus return? And again, I refer you back to Galatians 4.4. When the fullness of time had come. It was... It was, uh, that was the answer to Jesus' first coming, and that's the key. That's the answer to the riddle for the second coming of Jesus as well. When God decides, it is time. Matthew 24, Jesus said, Concerning that hour, that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. So Jesus will return when God the Father has decided It's the fullness of time. It's the right time. When the fullness of time has come, God's timing, as I said, is always the best. Even when we don't understand or agree, we trust God to know how and when to order events. So in light of knowing how, when, number three, so what does this mean? What should we do in our lives as a result of knowing about the second coming of Jesus? John 14 says, let not, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I come again and take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And this is the English standard version. I like the message translation as well. these exact same verses. says, "Don't let this throw you. You trust God, don't you? Trust me. There's plenty of room for you in my father's home. If that weren't so, would I've told you that I'm on my way to get a room ready for you, and if I'm on my way to get your room ready, I'll come back and get you. So, you can live where I live. So, what should be our posture? What does this mean for us? Number one, I believe it's that we don't live in fear. As as believers, as Christians, we don't have to live in fear about what's going to happen in the future. We don't have to live in fear or be afraid about the return of Jesus. Jesus is trustworthy. As he says here in these verses, God is trustworthy. When God promises something, we don't have to live in anxiety and fear about it. God promises something, it happens. You can bet your life on God's promises, on God's words. And my opinion, unfortunately, popular books and movies have sometimes produced great fear and anxiety in people regarding end times. And Jesus said said simply, don't let, your, uh, let not your hearts be troubled. Might there still be hard times coming? Absolutely. There could be wars. There could be terrorism. There could be persecution. There could be suffering. All that can still happen. But Jesus tells us simply, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't give in to fear. Don't give in to uh, wallowing in, in how awful the world is. Instead, he just says simply, trust God. Me, I have it all under control. And also Matthew 24, with some words that I've underlined. Matthew 24, verse 42. Therefore, stay awake. Maybe for some of you here this morning. (laughs) Stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming, but know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, He would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. What are the first two underlined words? Stay awake. Stay awake. Always live your life looking forward with hope and expectation, anticipation that Jesus could very well come back today or tomorrow. Always live a life of anticipation, expectation, and hope. And as best you can, obey God in all that he calls you to do today because you don't know if if tomorrow's coming, so obey him today in what he calls you to do. And, And so you can live your life with no regrets. So if God calls you to share about Jesus with someone today, do it today. Don't put it off. Tomorrow may be too late for them. And verse 44, one of the two underlined words, be ready. be ready, therefore you also must be ready. Get your life in order, be ready, get ready. Don't let any unfinished business with God, unfinished business with people, repent of any junk in your life, ask God to come in and, and, and clean you up. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and, and and purify us from all unrighteousness, cleanse us. That's a promise of God. If we confess our sins, he will clean us up. He will cleanse us. Don't waste any time getting relationship troubles settled with people. If you've got troubles with someone, get it settled. Romans twelve eighteen. if possible, so far as it depends on you, Live peaceably with all. Remember that starts if possible. Because I don't know about you, but some people are just hard to live with, aren't they? Maybe it's just me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, find, I find that some people are hard to live with. And the Bible says, if possible, as much as you can, live at peace with other people and, and do all you can. To settle accounts with them. Forgive people even when they haven't asked you for forgiveness. You might say, well, they don't deserve my forgiveness. Well, maybe not. But you don't deserve God's forgiveness either, do you? Jesus tells us freely you have received, and that's all that the Father gives us, forgiveness and peace and grace and hope and life. And so if we've received all that for free, then we ought to freely give it away as well. Jesus tells us, freely you've received, freely give. And, and I believe that we ought to, God's calling us to forgive even when they haven't asked for forgiveness. Even when they, they haven't come to us and apologized, live peaceably Get your relationships, troubles, settled with people. Don't waste any time. Don't let any unfinished business go on with God or with people. Finally, Romans 10 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified. With the mouth one confesses and is saved. So the challenge this morning is to believe in Jesus. Follow him as your Lord and Savior. Let your life be directed by his spirit. I I invite you to bow your heads this morning. We're going to pray together. Father, we thank you for your promises. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you are truth, that your promises never fall down. Your promises, you you cannot lie. And your promises, your word is always true and always faithful and always reliable. And we can take you at your word and we can claim your promises for ourselves. Thank you, Lord. We honor you today. We worship you because of who you are. Thank you, Lord, for this Amazing plan of salvation that you that you have given to us. A, a plan that was that was conceived before the world was created. And and that it was that through this plan of Jesus that we can be forgiven. We can enter into the kingdom of God as sons and daughters. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. And and if you've never believed in Jesus this morning, he invites you today to come to him. Because God God is alive. His spirit is here. God hears us when we pray. And, and if you've never believed in Jesus, I just invite you this morning to maybe just pray along quietly in your heart with me as I, as I pray. And, and I, I just invite you to pray along, pray along with me. Jesus, I believe in you. I turn away from all I know to be wrong. I trust in you as my Savior that your death on the cross was for me and my sins. Please come into my life, forgive me, and clean me. Help me to follow you, to live for you each day. Father, I pray for each person here today, whatever age, whatever stage of life, Lord, whatever relationship we have with you today, Lord, I pray that you would speak to each person here today, you'd speak to each person here this week, that you would show us the areas of our lives where maybe we're not fully awake in you. Maybe there are areas of our lives that are not in order. Maybe there are relationships with other people that need to be need to be healed. Maybe there are things that, that we're doing in our lives that, that just aren't honoring to you, and we need to repent and turn away from them. Lord, would you show us, would you help us to know of unfinished business that needs to be finished in the name of Jesus? Lord, would you pour out in a fresh new way this morning, pour out your Holy Spirit into each life, each person, each marriage, each family represented here today in Jesus' name. Do you stand to your feet with me today? We'd like to invite our prayer ministers to come, and we'd like to be available here to, to pray with you this morning. We're going to have a time of ministry. If you prayed that prayer of believing in Jesus for the first time, we'd love to pray with you if you'd like to come up. And, and if you're walking through a hard time in your life, perhaps... Uh, We'd like to receive prayer for healing. We'd like to receive prayer for just another uh, valley that you're walking through in your life. We'd love to agree with you this morning. So we invite you to come up for prayer. Lord, I bless this church today. Lord, I bless our friends today uh, who've joined us, our guests here who've joined us today. Lord, thank you that you have a plan, that you have a good plan for us. Lord, thank you for the plan of salvation. Thank you for Jesus who died on the cross so that we could have life, so we could be forgiven and set free. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit as we go from here today. Lord, let us be your ambassadors in this community. Let us be ambassadors in every place we go this week, this month, this year, and next year. Lord, in the name of Jesus, let us be. As Jesus was the light of the world, then he also told us we are the light of the world as well. Let us reflect the glory of the Son of God in all the places we go. Let the let the light of Jesus touch each place we go. Let it reflect out of us and through us and in us. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I bless this church as we go. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I uh, Just uh, before you're dismissed, I think I was supposed to announce... Something here about a schedule. Uh, Those involved in the children's part of the Christmas Eve service uh, are supposed to come up directly to the stage right after the service. Uh, So don't forget to do that. God bless you. You are dismissed.